On this episode of Faraway's Close, part two of The Abyss Behind You. Both of these episodes have been inspired by a quote from Rosa Montero in a documentary called A las Mujeres de España, María Lejarga. This is the quote. Women have always had to start from scratch because they've not had the testimony of women before them. And that's a terrible disgrace because culture is a palimpsest. We all build on what was built before, so if you always have an abyss behind you, dot, dot, dot. I was so moved by this that I decided to write 13 days of the abyss behind me. And part one, days one to eight, are in the earlier episode. And this is part two, days nine through 13. Subse pele en la oscuridad, in that first dark. The animal left the sea, found the shore, loved the cave, and third up became song, tree, stone, dance. What I want to say, too, is writing, giving yourself a stretch of time to write on a theme and to do it every day for a short period of time or a long one has been an amazing experience for me. So this is day nine, February 4th. Today, on the abyss behind me, on the other side of the abyss and also in it, because this book lived in the dark for so long, is the 1925 version of Carta a las Mujeres de España. In 1925, its author is listed as Gregorio Martínez Sierra, the pseudonym of Maria Olejarga, and also the name of her husband. I didn't write, incidentally, her husband, because the story that I have heard that is spoken in the documentary is that she deliberately chose, according to the documentary, to use her husband's name. She felt that her work, with his name attached to it, would be accepted into the echelons of Spanish literati, things being what they were then. Her work would be read if they thought a man had written it. See George Eliot. See the male pseudonyms that the Brontes used. Carabell, Ellis Bell, like so. Painful Victory is the name of the first chapter of Carta a las Mujeres de España. I am reading it slowly. Day 10, February 5th. On the other side of the abyss, today, I bring the consciousness of the cuerpo when it dances. The center, of course, engage the director of ceremonies, the ribcage open, the side muscles, the wings of the angels, which are really the source for all the braseos, the wrist for flowers, but also the whole arm engaged, and the glutes for footwork. On the other side of the abyss, it how it feels to be writing regularly, at more or less the same time, a draft in the morning, a type up in the early evening, and how that schedule, interwoven with hours of flamenco, bouts of flamenco, really, and practice, is a pretty beautiful combination. 
I miss having wild green spaces to walk in. But that is another story. On the other side of the abyss is the opening line of the good manners. Really, it is the opening line of stepping onto the stage. It goes, Sabse pele en la oscuridad, in that first dark. The animal left the sea, found the shore, loved the cave and thurdup, became song, tree, stone, dance. Side by side with the Upper Paleolithic, I'm pretty wild about this moment from the late Devonian age when we were tetrapods, four-legged land-going vertebrates, and we left the sea for land. How wild is it that the first image for the first solo play was off this tetrapod? I didn't know that much about them then, but I've been reading today. It represents a transition of life from water to land, a tremendous turning point in evolution. Apparently, once a tetrapod, forever a tetrapod. Even though we now only have two legs, we are still considered to be in that family. Don't even get me started on the tetrapod trackway of Valencia Island in Ireland. <laughs> right near where I was that I didn't get around to going to seeing because I read about it too late in my stay. All of this is coming close because I'm feeling out a new choreography for the Good Manners opening. What will it be like to feel the heaviness of a heavy tail, the belly horizontal, or the feeling of being parallel to the earth, and the wild marshes and the forests of the Devonian, I looked at photos today. I copied them. It felt good to draw. I read more. I wrote how to breathe air. I wrote fingers, digits, sacrum, breath. Day 11, February 6th. Clarity came with me across the abyss. Today I re-entered the good manners of colonized subjects. A small step. But how clear it is that the way forward is into the play that now has the music that Coral brings to it, the lost songs. Sabse pele in la oscuridad in that first dark. The curious, haphazard, intentional journey of a good-mannered, colonized subject. That it is seen by students who are searching for belonging across this culture, across that culture, to excavate their own roots. Parker Palmer says, Some journeys are direct and some are circuitous. Some are heroic and some are fearful. And some are muddled. But every journey, 
honestly undertaken stands a chance of taking us towards the place where our deep gladness meets the world's deep need. All things good manners, check. All things amargan, wild green spaces and the unexpressed songs of my grandmother and other women, check. Dancing, check, especially dance with the consciousness of the cuerpo. Today, what a hip circle we did with a tango step and the arms going on their journey from the shoulder, the elbow, the wrist. Shared creativity, check. I really love during the creativity workshops, just for the love of it. Writing, check. The everydayness of showing up for writing and dancing, check. In the abyss is the first line of this short story. He clambered up and down rocks while his father and I stood on the edge of the canyon and watched. The rocks were narrow columns clustered together like a gathering of druids. Far below, at the bottom of the canyon, was the glinting curve of a river that seemed utterly still. In that limbo between opening your eyes and rousing yourself out of bed when you are languid with dreams, the sun on your face and the weight of your lover's arm on your stomach. The story is called Rescue. Sometimes I have named it Cliff. Today was a production-style day, doing, collaborating, conversations, listening, doing... Today it is a good sleep day. I feel I will sleep deeply. Day 12, February 7th. On the other side of the abyss is the beauty of returning to dance in a new way. On the other side there are images. A cottage with a view of the sea. You walk out into wild lands, origin lands, standing stones and wedge tombs and secret passageways and the sea and the seal songs in a village where you meet other artists, painters and singers. There is song. There is song. There is a garden. In the garden there is a wall covered with dark green vines and in front of this wall a stage a round stage and around the stage grass and small soft seats for people to sit on the stage for dance and songs and plays and readings and poetry what dreams are meant for doing and what dreams are meant for dreaming? How much does it matter to do? And how much does it matter to be? How do you remember the tree that you once were? And remembering the tree, what then? What does the tree in you want? Day 13, 
The roots are grateful to be here, to have their place, to receive sun, to deepen their connection to earth, to speak to other roots, the whole humming, moving truth. This body is grateful for its own movement and the sound of the dance singing in a way that she doesn't remember before. It rained today. I walked a ways and handed it something that mattered so I can continue to be here, Aki. I sat and wrote. I slept. I awoke and went to dance. I ate a chocolate brownie sweetened by platano and rice syrup and delighted in it. I said masalama, see you later, to the woman at the bakery, and she repeated the response to masalama. I always forget the exact phrase. But I remember that it means something like, may you be protected. May the spirit keep you. Esa, asi. Like that. Day 13, February 8th. On the 13th day, the last day of riding the abyss behind me, there is the memory of a day I went herding in Mongolia. I went with a young herder named Ulana. He was 12 we followed goats and sheep up green hills and valleys in a province called Hovsgol. It was a cool summer morning. I was in Mongolia, for goodness sake, and all I had to be, all I had to do, was be there. Ulana whistled. The grass was soft with dew. In a valley with a cluster of short, trees, the goats went up on their hind legs to reach the branches and eat the leaves. Who I was in that moment, fully present, no past, no future, following curiosity and goats and sheep in a place where the sound of songs... A long history of them being sung was so tactile, so close... That sense of enoughness that morning. I wish that for myself and everyone else on the other side of the abyss. Suddenly we came to a shallow hill and we had the same thought. We put our jackets down, sat down on top and slid down. Suddenly to do something quixotic, following the slope of a hill downward. I wish that for myself and everyone else on the other side of the abyss. Imagine a girl appeared in a small community. No history, no lineage. She appeared. Imagine she was 10, 11, 12, like that. She began to interact with the people of that place. 
Imagine it was a village by the sea and there were places to wander in and the people watched each other and took note of each other. After a while they might say about the girl, she has no history that we know of, no lineage that we know of, so we do not know. But we can sense, we have seen, we have talked to, we have been around, and we can say this about who we sense that she is. She loves to be left to her own devices. You see her walking on the side of the path into the wild lands. She loves to sit and listen to stories and songs. Often you will see her with the elders intent, also laughing. She is great company over a cup of tea or a bowl of soup. You lose track of time sharing and talking with her. She seems amenable, kind, knowable, but there is a part of her that is mystery. She suddenly will surprise you and maybe herself by doing something inexplicable, like singing a song at midnight under a moonless sky or suddenly going with the horsemen into the shallow plains to find the white horses that went missing last week. And then she may be gone for a week after that with the witch women of Santoria, and when she comes back, she is kind and amenable as ever, but there is a new force in her walk or a dark sluice in her gaze. With some friends from our village and some friends we do not know, often she brings strangers who gift us with more songs. She dances. She speaks poems at dawn or at night by stream under a tree. We do not have words for this. You have to see it and be in presence of it to sense it for yourself. She does it all for the doing of it, for the being of it, living for the love of what moves her in our world, respecting our ways and not of our world, but belonging to the wild unspoken parts of ourselves and herself, belonging to the stone stories and the wind songs and the tree memories and the river running. And that's the end of 13 days of writing The Abyss Behind Me. This episode was written and presented by Shabana Koilo. And what a bounty of music in this episode. Music by Carlos Merino, Ernesto Ojeda, sitar loops and a lot of free loops from GarageBand. Flamenco from Coral de los Reyes, Mongolian music by Urta Gantulga, and an Irish air called Pert Nabuki by Jerry Carthy. <laughs>